0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Princeton University Press Ideas Podcast, a joint production of Princeton University Press and the New Books Network. I'm Mark Clovis, and today I'm speaking with Kristen Smith, Betania Gomes, and Archie Davis, editors of the book The Dialectic is in the Sea, The Black Thought of Beatriz Nesmento. Kristen, Archie, uh, Betania, welcome to the New Books Network.
1: Thank you so much for having us.
0: Well, thanks for agreeing to be on our podcast. I was wondering if you could start us off by telling our listeners something about yourselves.
2: Hello, my name is Betania Nascimento Freitas Gomes. I'm Beatriz Nascimento's daughter, her only daughter. Um, I grew up in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. I was raised by the Nascimento family. Um, I am also uh, Cape Verdean. My father is from the Cape Verdean Islands, um, my mother's first husband um after growing up in brazil and um, going to dance school to classical ballet school in the state of rio i moved to new york as a scholarship student to the dance theater of harlem to join the pre-professional program um, joining the institution of the dance theater of harlem i became a company member and then Years later, I became a principal dancer with the company. My mentor was Arthur Mitchell, who was my second father. And my adulthood was pretty much shaped in the Harlem neighborhood and in the US. Um, With that, I grew up as a um, a Afro-Brazilian woman that belonged to the African diaspora traveling the world with the dance company, going to many places overseas as China, Australia, South Africa, where was my first um, tour with the company where I danced for Nelson Mandela. Um, As I said before, I became a principal dancer with the dance city of Harlem. But after my mother's passing, um, it was required for me to keep up her legacy, to keep on her legacy. And um, after becoming a mother, I start working on my mother's legacy through her poetry. And from there, it's been an amazing journey, connecting with my mother and bringing her work and her legacy, not just to Brazil, but also to the world. And through this journey, I met Kristen, who is one of my soul sisters, and Archie Davis, who is becoming a brother through this journey of five years writing this book and translating my mother's work. Thank you.
1: I'll chime in next. Uh, Definitely, Betania is my soul sister. My name is Kristen Smith. And Archie's our our brother from another mother, as we (laughs) said. Um, My name is Kristen Smith. I'm an associate professor of of African and African diaspora studies and anthropology at the University of Texas at Austin. I'm also currently the director for the Center for Women's and Gender Studies um, with an affiliation with the Lausanne Long Institute for Latin American Studies as well. I am an anthropologist by training. I consider myself to be a Black feminist anthropologist, which has its own indications and implications and genealogies in the deep history of Black feminist thought in the field of anthropology, um, which also ties to, to Brazil most most directly with the legacy of somebody like Lele Gonzalez, for example. Um, I, uh, In doing my work and doing my ethnographic work, I've been doing ethnographic work and collaboration. Um, with the with folk in the Black movement um, and the Black feminist movement uh, and the Black movement more broadly in Brazil for over 20 years now. And so it's been a little bit of a time. Um, (laughs) I did my first book on Brazil, on the impact of uh, violent policing, deadly policing, lethal policing, genocidal policing on the black community in Brazil. Um, It's called Afro Paradise, Blackness, Violence and Performance in Brazil. And uh, from there, I started to really think about how do we, um, how do we foil and remedy uh, this question of violence and and to do that I've been thinking a lot about Black women's um, intellectual contributions to the Americas and I became completely and utterly um, encantada as we say enchanted with Beatriz Nascimento when I attended the relaunch of her film Ori um, in Sao Paulo back in 2009 it uh, was the first time I'd see her on screen even though I had purchased Alex Hatt's biography of her in 2007, lunchka Um, But in 2009, I, I just decided I really, really wanted to learn more about this woman. And I really wanted to see her work translated into English. And so that is the background story for how I got into this conversation. I was able, Alex Hatz um, introduced me to Betania, uh back in 2009 or 2010, I believe. And then um, I first met Batania. Uh, probably 2000 and what? What was that? Twelve, 2012, 2013, somewhere there. Um, maybe 2014. I can't remember exactly. But, <laughs> but we met each other in person. shortly after that. Um, and then we began to collaborate on working to get Beatriz Nascimento's legacy, um, into English. And then Archie Davis reached out to me, kind of. On a whim, um, inviting me to work with him on a project, uh, which we published in Antipode, um, to translate some of beatrice Nascimento's work, and got to know Archie. I introduced Archie to Betania and now we are here and happy to be here. And so I'll pass it over to Archie.
3: Thank you both. Um, so yeah, I'm Archie Davis, and I'm a I'm a lecturer in geography, uh, in um, at Queen Mary University of London. And my my kind of journey to Beatrice Nassimanto and to this collaboration was was really, it started from um, becoming a, a geographer and becoming somebody interested in the history of geographical ideas and where kind of ideas about space and nature came from, um, and being really uh, unsettled by the kind of whiteness and the coloniality of of that history of geographical thinking, and then going out and looking for um, different kind of uh, histories, intellectual histories, um, about thinking about uh, space and nature and race. And it was in doing that that I came across Kristen's uh, incredibly beautiful writing about Beatrice Nassimanto and then Alex Hatz's, um astonishing book, Ersu Um And and reading that work and kind of thinking about Beatrice Nassimanto in, in their words led me to realize that this work kind of was it was just extraordinary to me that it had not yet been translated um uh, and so instead of kind of just trying to think about about why that hadn't been translated and and writing about it i thought that we had to do something about that um and so that was how i uh how i kind of began and i got in touch with Kristen, and then Kristen put me in touch with batania and and so this collaboration with was uh was was born back in i guess it must have been 2017 um, and that's where our kind of journey together started. yeah
0: Now I, I think I'm not alone in, in that you know uh, reading this book uh, was was my first exposure to who Beatrice nacimento Nass- was and 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 her contributions. I was wondering if you could perhaps explain for our audience who was she and 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 a bit about her journey uh, through life before we uh, discuss in a, a bit more detail the ideas in her essays that you present in the book.
2: Well, who is the best <laughs> person to say who she was, right? <laughs> well, I'm going to start from my mother's childhood, you know, and later um it it has to do with one of my favorite um essays from my mom, but I'm gonna start with her childhood, um, with our background, the women in our family who were extremely strong, my great grandmother, my grandmother, Rubina. My two great grandmothers, actually, uh, were my mother's grandmothers. Had uh, were very strong minded women for their time. So was my grandma Rubina Nascimento, and uh, my mother was the eighth child of ten. And um, growing up in Brazil and um, moving to Rio at the um, at the age of eight, actually, um, she I think. I keep losing track of what age she moved to when she was a child, um, and, and having to deal with racism back in the back in that time that you know was not much different from today, but going through racism in school, my mother, my mother found um her academics the only way to, to to fight racism as a child. Um and through that, um my mother became a, a thinker. In an early age, I believe, and I know, in an early age, she became a thinker. Um, she jumped from second grade to fourth grade. That's how um amazing she was at school. And then um she, after joined the university later, of course, and as everybody can see and can and know, um she becomes a scholar, but she becomes this thinker that has been thinking since her. Early days. I don't think my mother ever just start thinking after certain moment. She didn't like became black. She was black from the very beginning, and her thought, her black thought, has grown with her from the moment she realized where she was and who she was. So, um, to me, Beatrice, um, it's it's it's. Was born as a thinker, was born as a radical thinker, as a black thinker, as 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 a philosopher, as a person that for because for so long for her entire life she sees Brazil from the black aspect. She was able to develop and go ahead on her thinking about being Afro Brazilian about racism, about the system in our country and in South America and the connections in the African diaspora. So that's what I see as, you know, um, I could come here and just say, oh, she was just my mom, but that's not what I'm here to talk about. (laughs) Besides being a mom, besides being a sister, a daughter, like being loved by her family, by her nephews and nieces and two, today um, you know and being loved by by so many people in our country and overseas here in the US and in Europe we me and my mother uh, became this huge star let's say that will bright in people's lives and would be will bright in 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 the in, in, the, in, the, in the academic space um and sometimes her radical thought would be a little bit too much for that time. But now we are here in twenty twenty three, um, publishing this book, the right time and her thought is still, um, um, um guiding us into the future. So this is a big step in, in my life. It's like bringing my mother more into the world, and um, presenting her to. To, to to new people to, to, to many different communities and especially to the African diaspora. What is really important to me that um, um, that the world will recognize Brazil as the biggest African diaspora um, and one of the countries that go through 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 a lot of issues that um, through about racism. And that's that's one of the things my mother fought to the end. And as she said, she knew so much about racism that she could smell it, and that 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 that's what Beatrice was and Beatrice is through this book is one of our biggest intellectuals thinkers, and that was her mission into this world, and and this book is part of her mission. And um, I would like to say that uh, recently she was named one of the heroes of the Brazilian nation um, by the president of Brazil, the current president of Brazil, Lula, Lula, Luis Inácio Lula da Silva. And the book comes with the title, and to me, that defines my mother, a hero and a person that will guide us to a better world,
0: for sure. That's one of the things that I, I, I thought was very interesting is that when I approached this, I was, I was reading the book about someone about whom I I knew uh, nothing. And yet, as I'm reading her essays, I I, I see her not just as uh, a, you know, a, a, a Brazilian Black woman or a, a woman of her time, but how she touches upon so many themes and concepts which are so relevant today for that much larger audience to which you referred, that that it, it, she, these are not just the essays of a person writing about a, a distant past, but a person whose ideas and, 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 and uh, thoughts are very relevant to us today for better and for worse. Yes,
2: yes, definitely, definitely i believe and i know that she always is spoken to the future and use the past as a tool to make the future a better place and and i think it's urgent today to to be to read these people people like my mother thinkers like my mother that just talks exactly about how we're going to move forward how are we going to move forward? It's very important right
0: now. I'd like to take a closer look at the ideas in uh, as as you've presented them in the book. Uh, you categorize her writings in uh, in in into four groups, and you uh, begin with an introductory essay and. Uh, exp- you know going into a bit greater depth before going to the ideas themselves i'd like to start with that first uh uh category which is race in brazilian society and and what that has to uh offer and and what 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 is we can understand about our thought uh from that
1: i think i'll chime in here um we decided when we were organizing the book uh, to organize it around four key themes that really categorize her intellectual and political production during her lifetime. Um, so rem- remembering that not only was she a historian by training, um, she was very, very active in the black movement at the height of the military dictatorship. She was also um, someone who uh, was very, very outspoken um, as an organizer and as a thinker and a public intellectual. And so the the essays here on race, racism, and racial democracy um, really reflect much of much of her public scholarship uh, around these issues and should be thought, should be read and thought through um, in conversation with what, what is going on in Brazil at the time, which is the 1970s through the 1990s. Um, so you're talking about the height of the military dictatorship through, um, the new constitution, the creation of the new constitution and the emergence of the new democracy, um, in the early nineties towards the end of her life. and, And I'll just go ahead if, if that's okay. I, I, I think it might make sense to just kind of mention a little bit about each of the sections. Um, So, and then just kind of maybe um, have Archie chime in uh, because it's good for people to get an understanding of the arc of the book. And so in addition to the section on race, uh, and Brazilian society, the section two is on the black woman. It's her, it reflects her writings on race and gender and her her intersectional scholarship in particular, um, although she did not identify herself as a black feminist um, within the context of Brazil part of the reason why we know her legacy um, is because she's been very much taken up by the black feminist movement um, as a key figure. And part of the reason why that's the case is because she wrote extensively about the unique positionality of black women in Brazilian society and how race and gender simultaneously um, shape our realities and shape our lives. The next section on Quilombo reflects uh, the primary um, thrust of her academic scholarship, which is looking at maroon communities as not only historical spaces of Black culture and political production, but also as theoretical possibilities for Black liberation. Um, And then the last section uh, on Black aesthetic, spirituality, subjectivity, and the cosmic really reflects her miscellaneous writings um, about um, the existential experience of Blackness in Brazil and in the world. It goes everything from looking at culture to thinking about Candomblé, um, the religion that she uh, associated herself with, but also um, the religion that was very much at the center of Black politics at the time. Um, And in addition, thinking about things like family um death um and and poetry uh writing all of the thing and dreaming right uh, not to mention the poems that are also included in the book and so each of those sections kind of reflects a different part of who
3: she was i just add i just add a couple of thoughts to 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 that which is that one of the challenges of producing um the book is is that what exists of her work takes various, quite different forms. So there are there are published essays. There are a series of kind of quite long form interviews that were published with her. Uh, and then there's academic work, which some of it was published, some of which was, was not published. And then there's quite a lot of kind of fragmentary material as well. And so what we tried to do was, was look across all those different kinds of materials um, and to bring them into this new formulation. And I think one of the of these four sections, and I think one of the reasons that, that we did that was that we recognized that um, uh, some of the reasons why what remained published was fragmentary were the conditions under which she was operating as a Black woman in Brazilian academia in that time. And so it's really important to read both her published and unpublished work as kind of intimately connected, I think. Uh, and some of what does get published is is kind of uh, the tip of an iceberg of a greater body of thinking, which we try to reflect in the book. Um so I think for example, just as just to come back to one uh, essay in that first section that you that you started us with, Mark is um her essay for a History of Black people, which is an extremely important essay in kind of laying out her her intellectual stall publicly and that essay was published and kind of intervened in a, an academic academic debate at the time in in Brazil um and and kind of lays out uh, her intellectual stall in relation to Uh, history and the writing of history kind of with a capital H in Brazil. Um, And it it has to be situated, I think, as all of these things do in in kind of the moment in which she was writing and the political um, power of writing that piece, uh, who she was, and from the perspective that she was writing it, um, but into an academic discourse in Brazil at that time. We've been discussing
0: the structure of the book, but I'd like to get a bit more in depth as to uh, Beatriz's ideas and uh, and 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 how they both fit within the context of our time, and how uh, they they speak to us today. And I was wondering if you could perhaps uh, elaborate a bit further upon that, Christian, and and and, uh, and 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 you know, and how that works, uh, you know, in, in terms of the broader intellectual context.
1: Absolutely, I think one of the things that we have tried to do in the book is make the argument that we should situate Black, uh, situate Beatriz Nascimento within the Black radical tradition, right? Which is a a, a global understanding of writings uh, about Black liberation and aspirations towards Black liberation um, that includes figures like Amy Césaire, uh and, and uh, Fanon, uh, Sylvia Winter and others, right? Um, and so, you know, part in doing that work, one of the things that we have done is really kind of highlight her uh, writings and contributions around these different areas. And I think that the essay that Archie mentioned earlier, um, which is for a history of black people is really emblematic of some of the interventions that she's making um, around uh, the question of race at this really crucial time in the Americas. And again, this is around the military dictatorship. This is the 1970s, the height of oppression in Brazil. When any conversation uh, regarding racism in Brazil is really considered to be subversive thought, right? And so that that gives a, a bit of a background and context as to how radical her thinking is at this time. And I, I, I kind of wanted to read a, a quote, uh, which she writes in that essay um, that looks at the question of racial prejudice. And she writes the following quote, we are shown racial prejudice constantly. We feel it. However, since it is dressed up as tolerance, it is not always possible for us to perceive the to, to what extent there has been an intentional an intention excuse me to humiliate us. In a way, we have already incorporated some of these manifestations into ourselves. When aggression emerges though, it manifests itself in an uncontainable violence on the part of white people. Yet Even on these occasions, we, quote, think twice before reacting, since, as I explained above, the mystifications worked well on our, quote, historical ego, end quote. Racial prejudice against Black people is violent and at the same time subtle. It is latent and often comes to the fore in our relations among ourselves, we can say that we have an attitude of love and hate toward ourselves and the presence of and confrontation with the other bothers us too and that's the end of the quotation I, I i wanted to bring that out because i think that one it really reflects her boldness to make a claim that racial prejudice exists in brazil in the 1970s at the height of the military dictatorship is to literally go against the, the the ideology of racial democracy head-on and make the very, very bold claim uh, that racism is alive and well in Brazil, that blackness is the target of that racism and that it is masked and violent. And so to say these things, really demonstrates how she is speaking not only to her reality at that time and the Brazilian reality at the time, but we could actually think about how that reflects transnationally um, with Black experiences transnationally. And so her 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 writing is really fresh and relevant and, and actual and real. And I think that that is what readers will see throughout each section. Um, I'm particularly struck with the section on the Black woman, where she writes about Black women's experiences with the job market and the ways that both racism and sexism collide in order to preclude Black women from participating fully um, in the project of capitalism. And that critique, which again, she's making in the 1970s is very much in line and in step with critiques like Angela Davis's critique in women, race and class of the ways that black women in particular have been the victims of racial capitalism since the time of slavery. And, and Beatriz Nascimento makes a similar arc and a similar argument in that article, which is a contemporary to Angela Davis's work as well. And so there are ways that Her scholarship and writing that we present here really do situate her within a broader discourse around race, around gender, around sexuality, around uh, the question of freedom, citizenship and belonging that uh, broadens our horizon, our understanding of the contributions to this
3: scholarship over time. Archie? Yeah, I think that that um one of the things I wanted to kind of um draw out was the way that a lot of what Kristen's been talking about um crystallizes in her academic research on uh on Kilambul. So this is the kind of this is section three of the book where we where we translate quite a lot of this work. Um but but she spent a lot of time um analyzing historic historically uh, and doing some kind of quite nitty-gritty archival work on uh on quilombo communities that's that's communities of escaped enslaved people in brazil um and she but she also approached quilombo uh sociologically and politically and creatively and um poetically so quilombo really is the kind of um lodestar i think of her of her intellectual, creative, um, and political practice. So, understanding her her thinking about what Kilambu, uh was, is, and can be, kind of uh, is is one of the is one of the central um, tasks if we're to sort of understand her contribution. And I think that one of the the ways in which I find her work continuously um, really invigorating and, and challenging is is this um pushing against um the the kind of uh, the reality of quilombo is both uh, intrinsically kind of territorial these are these are territories um of uh freedom territories in brazil where where mainly black people but also indigenous people and other people gathered to enact forms of freedom and she interests she explores the history of those quilombos but also kind of uh, political uh, spaces which transcend territoriality, and Kristen has written about this very, very beautifully um, about uh, kind of the questions of embodiment and the transatlantic. But I think that when we when we approach uh, Beatriz Nascimento's work, we need to to sort of recognise that Quilombo is is this um is, is an idea that she constantly turns around in new kinds of ways in different kinds of ways um so i, I i'd like to kind of pass that on to Betania just in just a second because i think that Betania has also thought a lot about how her mother's legacy is related to quilombo but 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 there's a there's an essay that she writes um which is one of the unpublished uh essays uh, which was never published in her lifetime called For a New Existential and Physical Territory, which she writes towards towards the end of her life uh, in the early 1990s. And in that essay, she really uh, kind of opens um, a new pathway, I think, uh, for thinking about what this kind of question of the relationship between uh, individual freedom, territory, and a kind of um, uh, I guess racial liberation more broadly. Um, and it's it's a it's a beautiful essay because it is it is very kind of fragmentary and it and it just opens up lots of new paths so it comes quite late late in the book um in in our book uh but it's it's i think um uh an essay which really um shows what can be done what she was beginning to do uh, with the kind of political philosophy of 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 Kimambo i think but I think I just wanted to pass over to Betania now because I think that, that that idea of Quilombo also captures something about her uh, her kind of lived practice in the way that Britannia has talked about it.
2: Yes. Um thank you, Archie. Um my mother um concept of quilombo. Um like I like I said in the beginning, it comes in an early age. Um she's the first one to bring I, I believe and I know uh, of a fact that she's the, the the one of the first ones, if not the first one, to bring the concept of the Quilombo back to Brazil, back to the con- conversations uh, after her research, right? So um, she's in an early age. Um, I was, I don't know if I, I, I was still a child when my mother brings the concept of Quilombo. Right, and the concept is not is not just the geographical Kilombo. It's the Quilombo within us. She te- she teaches us to find the Quilombos in ourselves through time. She does teach us. In the beginning, she brings the the, 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 the concept of Quilombo and how it could help us in social change in social changes. Um, into in, in bring to to the the, the, the Afro Brazilian society as 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 a guidance for 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 for, for our equal society. Um, but the, to me, it's it's the, the most the, the most incredible thing and magical thinking as well. I would say is when she brings the 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 the, the within us, like. The Quilombo, when she says, I am a Quilombo, the Quilombo lives in me. And um, from there, it's a big step towards bringing Quilombo back. It's almost like if you're pretty much connected to, if you want to be loved, you have to love yourself first, right? <laughs> when, when that is a whole talk about self-care and self-love. And before you be loved to the others, you you got to love yourself to love others and be loved. Um, so that's the same concept, pretty much. It's very similar to this concept: to be the Quilombo and to bring the Quilombo back, and the, to bring the Quilombo to the to the to the African diaspora, to the community. You must recognize the Quilombo in yourself, and I think it's such a beautiful, poetic yet. Um, 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 political talk, poetic and political at the same time when my mother brings the quilombo. Uh, and recently um, I gave an interview on the Brazilian TV and I naturally I said that it was very organic. I said, my mother was, is the woman that brought the quilombo back to Brazil. And it was very organic. I did not plan to say that it was very organic. And often I look back into this video, and I was like, "Wow, you know, I really stood up for her, and I still do." Because um, as we talk about gender, for many years they thought it was another scholar that brought the Kilombism, col- but it wasn't a man, an older man. It was my mother who brought before um, a younger woman, black woman, a mother. Um, and still uh, forever a student my, I think my mother was forever uh, is still a researcher she'll be researching today um i can i couldn't imagine how her body if her body was here with us today how much of a quilombo she have in her <laughs> body you know <laughs> an 80 year old quilombo little body going around um but you know it's 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 it, i that's what i i I see and I I live every day in my life living in Harlem and being an afro-brazilian but also being a uh, 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 part of the Harlem community and it's in New York City in, in America and have you know connections strong connections with 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 Africans from the diaspora you know it's it, 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 it this concept of Colombo really lives in me and I just hope that it will spread to many, many people throughout the world. And I always say not just to us from the African diaspora, but also to the people, because Kilombo had not just, you know, Africans in there and had many that had other people on allies, let's say, um, in in the quilombos indigenous people joining us, and um, I just I just hope it becomes, this this thinking can reach to a lot of the people of the citizens of the world, because at the same at the same time it's a, it's a political concept and like I said a poetical concept. It can be much, very much of a healing process, especially for us Afro-Brazilian people. that have been going through so much. Who is the own, the, the last country, to the last nation to to have the abolition? You know what it has been like. She mentions that about the shame. You know the the the, the pressure, the oppression that we go that we go through in our countries I always feeling like such, a, such a, like a country of a huge african population yet an underdog kind of country you know <laughs> and um she help us to 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 make this Kilombo something a tool to make it to, to 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 make ourselves stronger and brighter and more and, and looking to uh uh another aspect of fighting, not just us fighting, but like she said before, of retreating to give it back us light, to give back us understanding. And I think it's, it's it's, it's very precious. It's very precious what she left for us. So the quilombo is definitely something that we should look into ourselves and move forward and and, and 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 our mother, I just said, our mother, <laughs> <laughs> help us with this book, especially translating. It's very important to move, move forward with this movement that is so important. Today, you see many young scholars talking about quilombo in Brazil. You know, every time I see, I see, well, definitely when they say a quilombamento of, you know, aquilombamento, they've been mentioning this this, uh, this expression, this word aquilombamento. I don't know how English would be, um, but it means, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. And I'm trying to translate <laughs> myself, but it's I, when I see young scholars talking about aquilombamento, I know they read Beatriz. I know they know about Beatriz. She was the one who brought it first. And then, everyone, other ones followed and was like, oh, this parko king. and now let's follow this, this, you know, this bright star that can save us from being this constant underdog. And I have a reference and not to have a reference to to get out of slavery and the mental slavery that is still be happening in Brazil. That's a lot. That is a, a long journey ahead. But I think the concept of quilombo really, it's really an, an important tool for us to move towards equality, racial equality, gender equality in Brazil.
0: And not just in Brazil, I'm thinking because, I mean, it was a concept that was, I, I, I must confess, unknown to me before I read this book. And I'm so grateful for the fact that it's been made accessible to readers such as myself who uh who who uh for whom a lot of this is you know, has been kind of you know limited to us because of the barrier of language and that that's one of the things that this book uh, mm-hmm. allows us to access
2: yes definitely like I said before it's to me it's, it's towards the citizen of the world you know the citizens all the people if can you imagine if You know, in other areas of the world right now, people find out about Quilombo. (laughs) I just wonder. (laughs) (laughs) Quilombo has to do with diaspora. Quilombo has to do with with finding peace in yourself and 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 fighting, let's say, in a different way, not just uh, primitive fighting, but a fighting that makes you connect with uh a, a better development development a better development of the human race because i think it's very necessary right now
3: just to, to, just, to jump in there, just to pick up on on some of the things that Patania was also saying and and also your question mark i mean one of the the things which has been really beautiful about doing this book for me is that is that at the same time as we've obviously, as the three of us, spent a huge amount of time just thinking about Beatriz Nascimento's work. It's also, uh, I think that we all hope it kind of acts as a as another bridge towards all of the other amazing, incredible writing and political practice and filmmaking and, and art and poetry around these ideas, which has been produced in Brazil, particularly by black Brazilians, Afro-Brazilians in the last 50 years. I mean, there are so many people that we could name, but, you know, Sueli Carneiro, Lelia Gonzalez, all these people who write not necessarily just about Quilambo, but but as part of this broader tradition, which Beatriz Nassamianz was a part. Um, so I guess we we hope it will also lead to more translation. <laughs>
1: yes, definitely, definitely. Yes. You know what? Can I can I do something a little bit unconventional because Go right I ahead. as we're talking, we've we, we've forgotten to mention a, a really critical aspect of her, her identity, not only as an intellectual, as a public intellectual, but also as a person. Um, and that's her poetry, which we introduce each of the section with a poem. And there's one poem that we used to introduce the section on the black woman that we also translated in um, our piece for Antipode, which was published in 2021 in front of the world. And it's called Dream. And I actually thinking about Betania, um, what she was saying about how Beatriz Nascimento identified Quilombo not only as a territory out there, but also as the body right and i and i've written kind of about how i think of i interpret that as her thinking specifically about the black female body as a space of quilombo and this particular poem goes straight to it and and i and i i kind of want to read it because i think it would be nice for the listeners to be able to hear her poetic voice as well and and it's short but it's a beautiful piece and again it's called dream or sonia was sonia was the original title and it please
0: goes do like so that.
1: sorry go ahead yeah go ahead oh. say, uh, please do so yes thank you. Dream her name was pain her smile laceration her arms and legs wings her sex her shield, her mind freedom. nothing satisfies her drive to plunge into pleasure against all the currents in one stream. who makes you who you are woman solitary solid engaging and defying who stops you from screaming from the back of your throat the only cry that reaches that delimits you woman mark of a blunt myth a mystery that announces all of its secrets and exposes itself daily when you should be protected your rights of joy your veins crisscrossed with old trinkets of the strange radiant tradition woman you, there are cuts and deep cuts on your skin and in your hair and furrows on your face. They are the ways of the world. They are unreadable maps in ancient cartography. You need a pirate good at piracy who'll bust you out of savagery and put you once again in front of the world, woman. So I just wanted to share that, Um, it's from 1989. And I think it it helps us to see not only the depth, but the breadth of her thought. The fact that poetry was one of her primary expressions, uh, one that she used in her private moments, but also in w- ways to correspond with her friends and her colleagues, etc., um i I think it helps us to understand the poetics of her thought writ large and all of the concepts that we've talked about today are indeed part of that poesis
2: yes kristen and me just want to um follow with uh with with kristen is that me kristen we met through my mother's poetry actually because um, in 2015, 2014, Kristen, when we met and she, you know, she sent me a message. I was living in Brazil and she found out I was doing a, another book, Todas as, Todas as Distances. The name of the book is All the Distances, translated to English. And it was, it's a book that I made with Alex Hart, all her poetry, because that's all I could understand as an artist as a ballerina was my mother's poetry. So I start understanding my mother's intellect, intellectual thoughts, political thought through her poetry. What is really interesting and and it's it's been such a, a, a you know an amazing journey to get through her through her poetry. Her poetry is so so important, especially for many of us who are artists and like Archie said before, there's so many movements in Brazil right now, films, exhibitions, painting, fashion. Recently, uh, this fashion designer, Brazilian fashion designer, Luis, made this beautiful line inspired in her poem, Blue, and it's just breathtaking. And yeah, her poetry, it's, it's, it's something maybe, who knows? We have a uh, poetry book all translated. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, uh, so it, 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 is her poetry available uh, in English? I, I know you, there 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 are past there, there are poems quoted in the book, but is there a collection of her works?
2: Not yet, not in English, but we have a collection "Todas as Distances, by me and Alex Alexandra. It's, Another project, it's, Mark.
3: It's got to be done. <laughs> maybe the next project. Yeah, it's just
2: in English. It, maybe who knows? Ooh, just we've just got, we've there. just left a taster
3: in this book. There were there are just four four poems, but there's yes. much, much more to do. <laughs> well,
0: it, it, I, I would I would love to be able to to to, to read more of those poems someday. It uh, it in, in, in translated form. Uh, 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 Tanya, uh, Kristen, uh, Archie, thank you very much for taking some time out of your schedule to speak with us. I hope the three of you have a wonderful day.
1: Thank Thank you so much. Thank you so
2: much. Thank you so much.